Live from the fish tank, it's your host Ronnie with another episode of the DSAC Fantasy Podcast. We have a long one today because we have Ping on, and we are going to talk the DSAC Baseball Prospect Draft, and we're going to, uh, well, we're, he is going to review your picks and kind of give his thoughts on how you all did content you sure as hell won't find on those other podcasts. But anyways, let's get to that first. We'll get that out of the way, and uh, we'll do recaps on the other side of that with a, uh, a little interlude between that uh, for me. All right, and now we have the part of the podcast, one of the podcasts that you all love the most. Uh, it is the DSAC Baseball Draft Recap, where you get to listen to someone smarter than me talk about this while I kind of fill in. So enjoy the break for my voice for a little bit. How are we doing tonight, Ping? Everything's great. Baby's asleep, wife's asleep, cat's even asleep, so cool. we're ready to go. All right. So we have all 61 draft picks accounted for here. You've given them all a grade on your own. You've included, well, we're not going to go give this for each pick here, but you know the, the IBW ranks there. So sorry, Spencer, we're going to bust your, uh, your spot here a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, a very good overview. Way better than I did when I spent like five minutes kind of saying, oh, I know this name or I don't know this name uh, last week. So, Yeah, and I'll just say a little bit about the draft and the grades. First off, the draft seemed to be a little bit more sophisticated than normal. Um, I don't know if that was an increased level of um, imaginary brick wall subscriptions or uh, just a higher ownership of picks for people that actually care about picks this time or or what but uh yeah the, the picks a lot of the picks fell where, where i thought they should have been you know most everyone just went for need or upside or they everyone had a strategy and it seemed to the, the draft i feel like honestly was deeper than last year as well i feel like there was a lot more quality prospects out there and, and a lot of people recognized that and took them they're available so yeah. i don't know if i would say everybody had a strategy but yeah i i didn't really have any any concrete plan of how to approach this so yeah you did a bunch of trades during the draft didn't you yeah and i didn't i don't think i initiated any of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you initiated the one with me i believe but it was just like a little fallback for you it was like you gave me a third, and then uh, then I sent you a fourth and two fifths, maybe? No, I, I think I traded down from round two to round three, and then got like a late pick in addition to that, right? Yeah, maybe. I feel I feel like uh, the, the trade I had with you, I, I traded you the first two picks in the fifth round. Yeah. And, and then yeah. you traded those to Spencer. We'll we'll get to those uh, particular players here though in due time. So yeah, uh, do we want to do this alphabetical order? Do we want to do this by like? Yeah, we're gonna go under um, alphabetical order. And my grading system, I said a little bit in the chat. It's it's kind of a little bit of feel, my own personal take, um, a little bit of uh, um, imaginary brick wall brick wall ranking because I. Know a good bit about prospects, but I don't know fucking everything. There's just too many of these guys. They're like half of them are 16 years old. So, um, 
unlike Nathan, I don't spend a lot of my time there. And um, so I did that and then, you know, kind of did a little bit of need and then like what was available at the time. Kind of like, oh, is there a guy that's, you know, probably a top 100 prospect, but you took a 300th ranked prospect? Oh, oh kind of hey, oh, hey, hey. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're shedding some light on what you did, but um, that, kind of, that kind of thing is what went into my thought process with grading. And um, yeah, we'll just start off like that and uh, we can get going. So first off, we had Alex who took... Um, with his first pick, the, it was pick one, I mean, pick three in the first round. He took Wyatt Langford, and he is the fifth ranked overall in IMDb. Or, <laughs> IMDb. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a free resource for all you guys trying to get prospect information, IMDb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So many fucking acronyms. Actually, that's, um, an, that's an initialism. Thank you very much. Acronyms you pronounce like a word, like NASA. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I'm just learning more every day from you. Mm -hmm. so um, that's what I strive to do. So I gave this grade an A+. Um, I thought he's the best overall player available um, in the draft, and he got him at pick three. Um, I understand taking the other two guys ahead of him. I really do, but I just thought this guy had the highest, like highest floor and probably about an equal upside to the other guys. Um, he might not have as many steals as as Cruz, but at the same time, his power and, and his average are going to be high enough to compensate. I think I don't think Cruz will will hit the ceiling there with, with those kind of um, average and uh, home, home run numbers. But I could be wrong. Um, yeah, that's and be... Skeens in the pitch, Skeens in the picture, a pitcher. So I'm just hesitant on those anyway. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I was gonna kind of ask was how how far off is Cruz from Langford in your eyes? Because like in my head, I didn't obviously focus too too much on the top of the draft, not having a first rounder at all in this draft. But yeah, like I would have assumed Cruz over Langford, maybe not by a much, but I I don't think I would have in my head like put too too much thought into it beyond that. Um, I, I don't think it's, it's to the point where it's, it's like the, the worst thing to take Cruz over, over him in the, in the world. But I just, in my personal opinion, like with the way our categories are set up and everything, I just felt like Langford was going to be someone who's going to reach the majors and be successful no matter what. Um, Cruz could reach the majors, but I just think he could he could be one of those guys that could plateau um, and maybe never be a superstar. I think Langford will be a home run uh, leader guy, you know, like approaching that 40 a year. And just having that kind of guarantee is more, worth more to me. I don't know if it's like a, a full tier above, but it's like a half tier above, I guess. Um, that's kind of the best way to describe it. They were the one and two hitters in this draft for sure but i just thought it was clear to me that langford was the was the one that i would take all right and i guess going on top of that another trade that happened in the draft he traded back and still got the best pick yep, yep. 
So I thought that was um, good business by him, even if, you know, like I said, even if in my head, because I didn't look into it, I would have assumed Cruz over Langford, even though to like drop back one slot and still get a guy who Alex admittedly probably wanted anyway for the Texas aspect, if nothing else, that's really good work. Right. Right. And, you know, Bolo's a draft guy, like, as far as in, he takes guys that were drafted in the current MLB draft. Um, so him getting um, the one and two actual picks probably is what led to him wanting to do that. So good for him. Um, with the next pick, he picked Kobe Mayo, who's another one of those Baltimore guys that just is cut from the same uh, cloth as all those other guys who's, you know, could be could be um, your average everyday MLB player. It could just be a slight take above that. Um, I've heard some Gunnar Henderson comparisons, so that could be dangerous. But um, you never know until they get there with these players that are the slow maturing type. That um, and then that that um, that team is kind of loaded right now. Just just all of a sudden went from no talent to like everyone under twenty five is amazing. Um, so I gave that great. I gave, gave that pick an A. It was the seventh pick in the first round. Um, he's ranked 24th for IBW. Now, like Gunnar Henderson in terms of like skill set or Gunnar Henderson in terms of like, overall value? Because like, isn't Mayo like big? Isn't Mayo what? Like big, like tall. Oh. I don't want to say like heavy, but like. Yeah, I, I would say it's more of like a, a skill set from the bat standpoint. Um, that's, that's what I've seen. I don't know if it's position-wise. I just know that, um, like, he could give you, you know, a high on-base percentage kind of approach and with pretty good pop. Okay. I was going to say, cause like, I, I, I don't think I remember seeing anything about, like, stolen base potential and <laughs> reading up on Kobe yeah. Mayo, so... To be honest with you, I'm not really 100% on the stolen base potential, but I just know that the, the bat approach was was the comp there, the Gunnar Henderson type thing. But I mean, hey, um, if, yeah, if, I mean, if Acuna can basically, you know, steal like more like more than half of his career stolen bases in one year with these new rules, showing how much of a fraud the stolen bases are, maybe Mayo can get 30. Yeah, probably. He'll probably um, be a 40-40 guy by next year. Yeah. Um, so Alex's next pick was was the uh, second pick of the third round. Kirsten Waldrop, who's a pitcher for Atlanta. I gave that pick an A minus because he's a good bit out from the majors and he's a pitcher. But he is was picked in the third round, so I mean I feel like that's a fine point to start going dark throws on pitchers. He's got you know ranked under twenty six. So, but I've seen that he has amazing stuff. I've seen some close of his of his arsenal in the mound, and he's got a good repertoire. I think he, you know, Atlanta is a good team to pick a pitcher from anyway, right? Like they just seem to be turning about left and right. Yeah, I mean they definitely did a pretty good job. Them and in Cleveland too was another one that's like, yeah, in, in general, they, they they couldn't work their magic on Syndergaard, obviously. But aside from that, Cleveland is one of them, and Atlanta 
definitely do. Yeah. Um, the next one was Kyle Teal, a catcher out of UVA. He was the 10th pick in the third round. Um, I gave this grade to see. I liked what was available more than I liked him, but I understand taking a catcher that's a hit first catcher who has a good track record, but I don't know if, like, I guess from catcher you take what you can get, but I don't think the pop's really going to be there for him. He might be kind of a high average, but I don't think you're going to see like a 20 over the season type guy. Um, but, you know, if you can hit like 275, 10 home runs, you take that from a catcher if you know you're getting that at, uh, all season. Yeah. And I will he say, he, he, he probably, if you were grading this pick on how much he looked like he belongs on the team he went to in real life, this would be an A+. plus. He just right. looks yeah, no, like, he's like a Red Sox. You, a UVA grad, Boston, you know, playing for Boston. He's your prototypical. I'm a, I'm a guy who belongs in Boston. Yeah, I agree with that take a hundred percent. His next pick was Drew Thorpe, who's a starter for the Yankees. A starting pitcher for the Yankees. Um, I gave this grade a B plus. He was 71st on um, the rankings, and I think he, you know, going this late, he was, you know, a top 100 overall prospect, and he's been throwing really well. He rose up a lot this year. He looks like he's going to be a starter, and he's got pretty good command. That's a good gas. So I think I think that was a pretty solid pick at that that late in the draft. Yeah. We want to talk about organizations and developing pitching. Uh, the Yankees are probably on the polar opposite of Atlanta and Cleveland, but. Hopefully, hopefully Drew can uh, shake that a little bit. I think you could have just stopped at the word development. Um, yeah, the yeah. Yankees don't really have a great track record, but at the same time, you know, I feel like they, they borrow and steal from everyone else's approach, so I think they've had enough time to try to get um, that in order. Um, next pick was Chase Dahlander, or is that how you say that one? Probably. It's either Dolander or Dolander. Yeah. Um, that was a fifth pick in the fourth round. Tennessee guy. Obviously, this is a homer pick for um, Alex. You know, as he said in the chat, I don't love this pick because of the, the um, team he got drafted by with the Rockies. So I gave this one a C minus. I mean, it's late enough to throw darts. But, and he has, he was a really high, highly thought of, thought of pitcher when he was in college. His, the year before he got drafted, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just not a great place for any guy to go, really. But um, if you're taking again, if you're throwing a dart, that's not a bad place to turn the land. Yeah, uh, pitching in Colorado could make that a homer pick in a different way. Yeah, <laughs> and he got them all. Yeah. Um, next pick was Carson Wisdenhunt, Giants pitcher who. I guess you, you left them off, but they could be one of the teams that you could say that can really develop pitching as well. Um, he's ranked 121, but I gave this a B minus. Uh, I mean, probably could have went a little higher on this, but you know, he's he's a pitcher. He's uh, you know kind of a late bloomer kind of thing. So I just said, you know, it's not you know kind of a C grade, but it's it's definitely a, a decent snag this, this late in the draft, too. Yeah. Um, next pick was pretty 
pretty near the end of the draft there. It was the 11th pick in the fifth round. Owen, uh, I, I don't know his last name. It's Casey or? I would probably pronounce it Casey. Casey, okay. But I, um, I've never heard it, so. Yeah, me either. Um, he's a really highly thought of prospect. He's a top 100 guy, 76 ranked. Um, I don't know much about this one, though, and I'm not in love with Chicago development, but I still gave it an A because it's such a really late, late pick. But, you know, um, if he turns out to be something, that's great. Yeah. Definitely a name I've, I've seen around for probably a couple of years now. And I've always yeah. kind of, you know, been like when I look into him, I'm like, eh, I can see it. Like, I, I never like want to like commit to like putting him on like, a, okay, this is a guy I really want to target. But yeah, I'm with you there. Um, seems like just a guy, but who knows? We'll, we'll see. Um, so that's Alex's uh, draft class. I mean, that was he did very very well. He had a couple picks in the first round, so he got some really high, um, highly ranked guys. Got the best guy in the draft, in my opinion. So. Um, can't really go wrong with that. Yeah. All right, and that moves us on now to Berold, who had a lot of young Latin teams. Yes, yes, he did. A lot of guys I never even heard of, if I'm being quite honest with you, but um, good for him, good for him. The research department is very, very uh, thorough up there and across the pond. His first pick, it was the fourth pick in the first round. He picked Roman Anthony, and I thought that was a great pick. Um, I didn't think it was, you know, necessarily maybe the best person there, but I think he's a great player regardless. I actually saw him play when he played against the Cats in Lynchburg, um, and he hit his first home run of his uh, major league career. So just a fun fact. I was targeting him as well, but I, I knew he wasn't going to fall that far. I didn't. Make it the second round, but um, yeah, I mean, I think he's a Boston outfielder, and like Kyle Till, he's pretty much a prototypical Boston Red Sox, you know, just a young, up, young uppity white guy. Um, yeah, I mean, not much more to say about that. Yeah, he was ranked 17th overall on the prospect list. Then he took fifth pick as well, right after the fourth in the first round, and he took Lazaro Montez from Seattle. Um, bit of a reach, if you ask me. Um, he's, he was ranked 54th. He has a lot of promise. He's really young. Really, really young. Um, but at the same time, he could be, you know, if you're going to draft a guy like that, Seattle's been really great at development from that standpoint. It seems like, you know, Jonathan Classe, and then, uh, you know, I think, I can't remember the other guy they developed recently. Do you remember his name? Uh, Harry Ford? No. Um, this guy was in the major, I think, last year. I mean, do we, do we count... Uh... Uh, Ty France is them developing, or is that kind of more major league developing? 
Uh, I think it was uh, Julio Rodriguez is who I'm thinking. That's who it was. Oh, okay. I was hoping you were going to say Jared, uh, sweet baby Jared, but I, I was purposely avoiding both of those names. <laughs> okay. Well, the next guy he took was uh, Cole Young, who is also in Seattle, a shortstop who's hit really well. Um, he's in high A and. Me, I think the ceiling's kind of low for a guy like him. He's not. He's uh, got a good hit tool, but you know, steals and homers aren't really like out of this world. But um, he could be an everyday major league player. I think you know, a good call for him would be someone like J.P. Crawford. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't see anything wrong with Edmonds guy. I just think uh, in the first round is a little bit higher than I would have taken him. I mean, hey, you know, with, uh, yeah, with, with Spencer back in the league and having an IBW subscription, you know, it's uh, probably best to get out ahead of that and make sure you don't uh, miss out on your guy if that's the case. Yeah. Um, and then we begin the uh, random uh, dart throws at people that can't vote in any country. Um, uh, the next pick for Barry was the fifth pick in the second round. And this was a guy who's got a lot of hype. Um, is it Josu DePaula for the Dodgers, who's ranked 83rd on the prospect list? So, I, I mean, he's a good dart throw. He's, got a, he's one of those bigger guys who's just, you know, 16, 17 years old. And perform well in the um, complex leagues and stuff. So he's, he's, and he's a Dodger, so yeah. <laughs> you can't really go wrong with taking a Dodger. So they'll, they'll at least be traded to another team for somebody that's probably played some time in the majors. So, um, yeah, this is a very stereotypical Barry guy. And you can say that about the rest of these picks, to be honest with you too, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. The next one is probably <laughs> probably the best one. Yeah, I, fact, I actually I'd like to this guy the best too. One. Um, Sebastian Walcott for Texas. I gave this pick an A minus. Um, he actually is if if you could give him a comp, a comp, it'd be someone like Ellie De La Cruz as far as like hitting and expectations and stuff like that. Like he's big power, big big strikeout and you know um will it will he hit enough to be a major leaguer is the question he's actually ranked 28th on uh the prospect list and uh much higher than i probably would put him but i mean again these people that are doing this are a lot smarter than me too so um but i think at you know midpoint of the second round is a good spot for this yeah, that's kind of about, like I said, I, I, I liked the player too, and that's probably about the range where he would have been in play. Obviously, I, I traded out of the second round, so I wasn't going to get him, but it's, uh, he would have been on my board, to say the least. Yeah. Um, next pick was Felnin C. Leston for Seattle again. I think we have a new Seattle fan in the league. I'm just realizing this. Got you picked it. four guys from Seattle in this yeah. one draft. In, in, okay. um, I, 
hasn't this guy like not even played a single inning of organized baseball at any affiliated level? I feel like he's played and then got injured right away. I know he's injured right now, but um, yeah, he hasn't played much. But he's one of the guys with the huge measurables, high signing bonus. I think he was either the one or two um, as far as signing bonuses go behind another guy that was drafted in this draft. Um, yeah, he's and he's ranked 155th on this list, even though he's played very little. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's his hamstring injury prevented him from making his pro debut. He'll be back out there on the fields later. So, he's almost 18. So, pushing the limit for Barry, but still under the under the threshold. All I see here with that description is it sounds like with a lot of these picks, Barry's just trying to find the next Ronnie Mauricio, and good luck to him on that. Yeah. Right. We all know that every everyone that you've drafted or have on your minors is going to be all-star or DSAC Hall of Famer at the very least. I, w- I would say that only about uh, Mauricio, about Kumar Rocker, and uh, – uh, Jordan Lawler. I don't know if I'd go with you that far yet on the other guys. All DSEC team, sure. A DSEC Hall of Fame, that's maybe still a roll a little bit. Yeah. I guess um, Feldman will be in the majors probably around the same time that Kumar will be. So I guess we'll, we'll see. We can compare apples to apples at that point. Wouldn't hurt. Um, next guy he picked was Diane Jorge for Colorado. I gave this a D <laughs> because his name begins with a D and it just made sense since I hadn't heard of him to give this great a D. Um, he's Colorado shortstop. Um, zero home runs in single A at 20 years old. So maybe that's the issue. He picked someone a little bit older than he should have. Yeah. But uh, For what it's um, worth, he's ranked very, very highly on fan graphs, but I would say that's a more real life ranking so I, I don't know how i would assume that means he's probably pretty darn good with the glove yeah that's my thoughts exactly um the highest he was ranked on imaginary brick wall rankings at any point this season was 256 um, the lowest was 473 so he's gotten better as the season went on but um yeah what can you do? Maybe Colorado will give him the extra um, love he needs to finally get a ball over the fence. But uh, the next pick was Luis Lara from Milwaukee. And this guy actually played really well. Um, I had heard of this guy. I had been tracking him. But um, I did look him up after he made the pick. And this guy is in high A at 18. And he's batting 290 with a 107. WRC plus. So this one seems like a really uh, at least good pick for the, the back end of the third round. So I gave this one a B. Um, again, he's kind of you know young and still in the lower in the lower part of the minors still, but um, you know to be determined. But uh, yeah, I mean. Gotta throw darts, so um, if you're gonna go this young, 
he's a he's a good one. He was ranked 105th. So the next one was Christopher Torin for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Had you heard of this guy, Ronnie? I, in the sense that I had known the name within like the couple days before the draft, yes. Um, beyond that, no. Yeah, pretty much the same vote for me. <laughs> um, this guy was ranked uh, 374 on the wall. Um, batting 74, w, or 74 WRC plus in 39 games at single A. How old, though? So, I mean, he's 18, but, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, he could be something. I mean, it's, you know, beginning of the fourth round, so not the worst pick in the world. But, you know, the guys that I picked and Barry threw a fit about after um, I picked them, I feel like he should have went with those guys over the over his, like, next three picks. <laughs> so, that pick or next two. And the next one is also a guy from Arizona. It's Jansel Luis. Um, again, another guy I really haven't heard of. Um, he's also an 18-year-old in single A. But he's, you know, doing a little bit better than the other guy, Christopher. Um, not much to say about this one either for me. All right. Um, the next pick I'll, was probably the best one of the three, in my opinion. It was Michael Arroyo for Seattle. I gave this grade B. He's ranked 171st on prospect rankings. And, um, yeah, again, he's a Seattle guy, so... Just kind of chalking it up to they're pretty pretty savvy at what they're doing out there and um, are able to start developing their their prospects better than most teams. He's a shortstop there, base type, and uh, yeah, I think he's got a decent upside kind of guy. But have you cross have you cross references ranking with the EBDBB and B though? The EBDB BNB. Have you ever watched the league? Yeah, it's been a while. Okay, uh, never mind. Then we it's the, the the joke is falling flat. We're gonna just gonna move on. All right. So the next pick was Alexander Albertus, who is also a guy for the Dodgers, not not Seattle, but he's a, another young guy. But he is actually not ranked on the list, and he's one of two guys that were drafted draft who are not ranked on this list i gave this a c plus it was late in the fifth round so if barry knows something about this guy and you feel good about him good for him um picked a young guy that's a flyer late in the draft and uh yeah that wraps up uh barry's barry's draft yeah my my analysis yeah my analysis on that last pick is he is the guy most likely to have someone with the same name who was a prominent figure in ancient rome that is, yeah. He for that he's probably at least in a a brain lens. Yeah. Um, all right, that moves <laughs> us on now to uh, Chris, who stole the one guy I wanted most in this draft. So go to hell, Chris. Wow. Cole Keith, yeah, he he's risen up really a lot this year, like. I think last year was on most list, but he wasn't like you know, the top 100 guy. Um, 
that being said, he's now ranked 37th and should be in Detroit by now? Question mark? You may know more than me about that, but I mean, this guy's really in AAA know. already yeah. and got over 1,000 OPS. <laughs> yep, I was, you know, I don't really follow the Detroit system, but like I was aware of this guy mainly because someone on my Instagram feed really collects him heavily. That, that helped put the name in my head. But uh, yeah, uh, a player who I knew was kind of knocking on the door was kind of hoping that he wouldn't get called up because I didn't, I didn't want to have to waste fab and then potentially waste a, waste a valuable roster spot on a player because I would never do that in a playoff race. But I didn't want to have that on my team just in case, was hoping to get him in the draft and it just didn't work out that way. Yeah, and I mean, getting him at the beginning of the second round, I feel like he was definitely a, a fringe first round guy. I gave this draft grade an A. Um, he should be in the majors. He's he's a third baseman, second baseman, probably a utility type guy, at least in the beginning if, if they didn't have a spot for him, but it's Detroit, so they fucking should. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's got he's a pop in the bat, so I think he's a good um, guy to have going in next year. He could be up on the fucking team after spring training. Yep, my read would be corner infield or corner outfield based on what I'm hearing about his, like, frame and how he's growing into it. Probably a bit too stiff yeah. to play up the middle, but, and obviously first base is kind of spoken for in Detroit. Third base, I... Don't think it is because isn't uh, Jace Young a second baseman? Um, I think so. Let's see. Yeah, he's a second baseman. Okay, yeah, so that pretty much leaves third base wide open. The Detroit hasn't really had a, an answer at third all year. I I don't I can't think of a guy who like played there consistently for them. I guess maybe Andy Ibanez or um. What's this, the the guy from the Dodgers who was like a utility guy, McKinstry? But. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, a bunch of no-name people that can be replaced. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that was his first pick, and uh, I thought it was a good one. The next pick was uh, Nolan Chanul for the – um, Angels, he's a first baseman, got called up this year, good for him, but, you know, he ain't doing shit, so. I mean, he does he have, it. doesn't he have, like, the fourth longest streak of on-base to, like, start a career or something? Like, he's maybe not turned the cover off the ball, but I don't think he's had a single game yet where he hasn't reached base. Well, I do know that at the time of the um, prospect list, he had... Two barrels and seventy-two batted balls. Hey, they don't ask how; they just at, or actually, no, I, I was gonna. Never mind. <laughs> what I was gonna say was gonna completely invalidate my point. Creepy shit. We don't we don't ask questions till later. I was gonna say they don't ask how; they just ask how many. But I was gonna completely invalidate my point. So. Yep. Um, yeah. So I, I think this guy is probably like maybe everyday first baseman but you know i don't i don't foresee like uh anything that's gonna be yeah get this guy kind of thing sounds to me like chris found his uh andrew vaughn replacement yeah looks like it um the next one was 
a good pick in my opinion. Another guy, sort of like Kobe Mayo. Honestly, this before the season started, I would have thought um, Connor Norby would have been who was Chris's next pick, uh, third pick in the third round. I really thought he would have gone um, and kind of did what, kind of done what Kobe Mayo did. So he was ranked as high as um, 89th this season on the prospect list, but he's down to 205. So, I mean, um, yeah, I think I think it's just a crowded spot in Baltimore. Yeah. And then Phil now, so that's kind of the only thing holding them back, really, from getting a chance in the short term. But, um, yeah, I gave this grade a B plus. I still like it. When I mean, it's not like they're not going to trade somebody. They're at the point where it's kind of dumb if they don't do it in the offseason. Yeah, you know, you could probably go out, you could probably, well, I mean, they already have really good pitching anyway, but you could probably add, find a way to add a mid-rotation starter or maybe like a, a back of the, not like a back of the a, a seventh inning guy or something, or they can they can find ways to turn this surplus of hitting prospects into, into value. Yeah. Or package some guys and, and turn them into like a Matt Olson or, you know, somebody, somebody that's a little bit more established. Well, unfortunately, better. Unfortunately for them, Oakland doesn't have any major league talent on their roster, so I don't foresee yeah. that happening. Yeah, that's that is a really unfortunate. But I mean, Washington might be able to trade uh, what's his name, Joey Messes or something like that, or Manias, forget his name. Yeah, Manessis. Um, yeah, um, he's like sneaky old. Like, though. That. like, how old do you think he is? Joey? Yeah. I think he's like 29 or 30. I was going to say, I think he's like 31, but yeah. He might have like just turned. Yeah, he probably just turned 31. They're back in May, so he'll be 32 midway through next year. Yeah, and he was a rookie last season. <laughs> yep. Hey, good for him. Oh, for sure. Um, the next pick Chris had was Noah Schultz, who I thought... As far as pitching goes, he was a really good upside pick. And then this late in the draft, I think that was um, – it was a guy I was targeting, honestly. I gave this pick an A. Um, the only downside to not make this a perfect pick is, I guess, that he plays for the White Sox. And uh, White Sox aren't the best at really anything, if you ask me, but um, – I don't know if I can trust them with anything from a development standpoint either. Yeah, I mean, who is like the last guy to go through their system that like actually like popped? Like Vaughn has kind of fallen on his face. Um, Robert, Luis Robert. Yeah, that's true. Eloy is guess as well, but Eloy is kind of fragile. Yeah, it seems like all their their whole team is just like if you sneeze on them too hard, they might go on the aisle kind of thing. Um, or they might challenge her to a boxing fight and get their ass knocked out. <laughs> then you have uh, Dylan Cease, I guess. Oh, he was, he was, he didn't miss a start this year. Trust me, I saw it. Saw well, that he... as far as development goes, development. Um, they, I mean, they got him from the Cubs, but he was still in the minors there. So same thing with Eloy. But, um, yeah, I mean, 
that's my only concern with him. But he, it looks like all his metrics and stuff are doing well in the minors. So um, he's ranked 61st on the prospect list. So getting, you know, basically a top 70 guy for this late in the draft is pretty pretty good. Looks like he did pretty well in his, his last three picks too. Yeah, yeah. The next one was his the last pick in the fourth round, Graham Pauley. Um, a guy that I was actually high on had him as a potential pick for my um, the pick I received for winning um, the all D sack pick or whatever it is. Um, I was probably gonna take him there, but I He's, a, he's kind of one of those utility guys who's just risen up through the system of overnight, it feels like. Okay. Like, he's played like three, three, um, three levels of the minor leagues this year. Yeah. I, I, I can't help but find it kind of funny you, you phrase like I was targeting him with like the bonus pick as if you didn't have six of the previous nine picks. <laughs> <laughs> and then I traded away two of them. To, to you um to add more well no i meant you finished up with six of the final nine before your bonus yeah pick. yeah I, and I, I traded two picks of like the beginning of the fifth round too so i mean i could have had like what like eight picks in the yeah. fifth round you really at that point should have just tried to do your best to acquire all the fifth rounders I was not trying to push the issue, but if someone would have came to me with picks, I would have done it. <laughs> um, but you kind of send out that flyer every every uh, couple weeks or months about you know, trading me picks, and I think that, be, think that makes people more hesitant to do so. Apparently it doesn't, because I keep having to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet you it happened a lot more if you didn't. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's in my duty to, to help keep the league as competitive as possible. So. Yeah, be it for yourself. But anyway, yeah, I um, I have helped people before, so yeah. Um, his next pick was Abby Melick. Is that spelled right? <laughs> I have no idea. Ortiz. Yeah, this guy. I have seen some graphics on him. Big, big dude. Um, he the tank. And it looks, seems like he's knows what to do with it. Um, yeah, I think I think again, this is you know fifth round guys like this, and he's a first baseman. So you know, first baseman, if you can get it, a first baseman who's got a lot of pop, might as well go for it this late in the draft. He's already in um, high A. He's twenty one, so I guess that's it's kind of tracking, right? Yeah, not really like ahead of schedule. Or anything, but but yeah, he strikes out a good bit, but I mean, it's nothing that's too crazy. But he's got 26 home runs in 80 games in high A. Yeah, it's so like kind of take like a detour. So this player wasn't drafted, and I don't think he should be drafted at any point in the future. But a player who sounds a lot like that, who I just kind of really hoped would kind of do more, uh, John Kenzie Noel. Speaking of like first baseman who just hit the piss on the ball, but. Obviously, he's not quite as well-rounded as Ortiz probably could be. Yeah, yeah, that guy—he's kind of fallen off, hasn't he? Like, yeah, like I, I remember being more. Top 100. 
yeah, I was more interested in him last year than I am this year, and I didn't pick him, so, you know. I didn't realize he wasn't picked. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, seems like Cleveland is, like, only throwing money at their pitching development. They're like, okay, we'll just throw darts to the rest. Pitching and weak-hitting middle infielders. Yeah, they got a tight. Um, his next pick was a guy who's um, kind of been the, the meteoric rise type thing. I guess really is not too high. He ranked 194 on the National Network wall list, but um, it's Aaron Lorenzo for the Dodgers. I gave this pick an A. Um, he's a catcher for them, but he's already he's 20 years old and he's already in uh, a ball and he's playing quite well. So, you know, catcher's always, you know, got to take it with a grain of salt, but like if they're in a ball at 20, that's pretty ahead of schedule because they usually kind of slow play those guys. But um, yeah, I think, I think this is a good pick. You know, again, Dodgers organization catcher is hitting pretty well. So um, I mean, yeah, he's got 24 home runs in four games. Yeah, I'm just impressed Chris took a catcher. He's shown between baseball and hockey, anyone whose positional responsibility is to catch the ball while wearing special equipment, Chris wants nothing to do with you at the major league level. So seeing him actually draft a catcher is almost like we're seeing uh, him start to care about that. Or I almost kind of wonder if it's one of those signs like, hey, if you see me do this, it's because I'm in trouble kind of a thing. Yeah, well, I mean, so he might be I think being he held might hostage. Just have commitment issues with guys who spend a lot of time on their knees or something, you know. So could be. Anyway, that wraps up uh, Chris's draft class. It was a pretty good draft class, in my opinion. Gave him a few A's, four A's actually. So, so we've only gone through three teams here, but luckily the next one, two, three, four, five teams will go by pretty quickly. Yeah. Next, the next draft class is Josh's, and he did not pick until the fourth round. Late in and the fourth he round. Did not know that he had that pick. So, looks like he did pretty well with that, despite despite that. Yeah, I think he he did well. He took you know the highest available basically from the draft class. So, um, the Tommy Troy was still left there, and I probably would have taken him with one of my you know half dozen picks in the fifth, but. Um, he hasn't performed great in the minors. That was one of the things that was keeping me out on him earlier, but he's ranked 85. I gave him an A minus for this pick just because, you know, the, the recently drafted guys, you can, it's hard to judge on a half season of minor league ball. Yep. And um, they picked him for a reason, right? And then Arizona's a great landing spot, too, you know. So, yeah, I've, I've experienced that firsthand how well they can develop talent. So, just throwing in as many uh, Carol and Lawler references as you can. I guess. Tommy Henry too, man. Come on, that dude went from you know being the ace of Michigan in 2019 to like actually like pitching in the majors and like being like not awful. Man, is he? Would you start him over uh, Adam Wainwright? Uh, I would start almost anyone over Adam Wainwright, but Adam Wainwright is going to stay on my team to retire. Damn it. 
man, lucky you, you might get him off your team and Joey Votto. We got to pay somebody to keep those guys in the majors. I mean, their combined salary is like very minimal. So just them taking up roster spots is worth it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, hey, I made the finals with them. So yeah. Just and imagine was, what uh, I could do with other players in their place. Luck of the draw, you know? Um, next anyway. up is yeah. Next up is Jacob Wilson. Yeah, Oakland. that guy was taken really high in the draft, um, kind of like one of the underslot kind of situations. Um, this is again another late late pick, and he's got good bat to ball skills, um, good on base kind of uh, guy. I don't think he's got a high ceiling, but you know he could be the majors fairly quick. He's on Oakland. Um, and or he could be on another team in short order. You never know. Yeah. So that sure feels like it's Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill making that call of the draft, but okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um <clears throat> yeah, the uh the next pick was Jacob Gonzalez, who is um this was the fifth the tenth pick in the fifth round. I don't know a lot about him until I looked into him. He's ranked 329 on IMDb, which obviously isn't great, but um, IMDb. Imaginary brick wall. I, I thought you were. I thought that was a joke, so I didn't. I let that one slide. But okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he's he's um, pretty good. I don't have the stats pulled up anymore, but I remember thinking that he was going to be okay. So I thought this was a decent late round pick again. You don't really know it's Chicago, but um, yeah, I mean, it's like the draft flyer situation, so not too bad. And that wraps up Josh's draft class. Uh, next, we have Keith, who had two selections, and they were both pitchers pretty much back-to-back. Um, Robbie Snelling for the Padres, who's a starting pitcher, he has looked really good. Has pretty good strikeout numbers. Um, I don't know what. I think he might be in Double A. Let's see. Yeah, he is nineteen, almost twenty years old, and he is. Yeah, Double A. He's had four starts in Double A with a one point five six ERA. So take one. Take that as you will. You know, he's probably pretty good. And he could be related to Blake Snell. You never know. See, I was going to go there. I was going to say with San Diego moving on from Snell this offseason, most likely, uh, and their effort to try to cut down on the salary after they went and splurged on a incredibly unnecessary move in Sandra Bogarts, they can just save money by adding a few letters onto any unsold Blake Snell jerseys. <laughs> and then ripping them off whenever, uh, whenever Snell pitches. Yeah. Um, did you see that they were given a directive to cut payroll? I did. That's kind of why I was saying that. Like, I, I still don't understand why would you give that money to Bogarts? Like, what what about the, yeah. the, the fit on the field made you think that Xander Bogarts was what that team needed other than, well, no one else has taken our money. Let's just throw it the next best available player. Is this a Cronenworth rant? Like, okay, so no, but like kind of. It's it's <laughs> like... It's adjacent. It's, yeah, it's more that you already had a capable defensive shortstop in Kim, 
Like, why wouldn't you just go spend the money on like a first baseman or on like a different outfielder or a pitcher or something? Like, you're already moving Tatis to the outfield. You already have Soto in the outfield. I guess Grisham is fine because of his glove, but like, just Bogarts was just a, a luxury, just a, a guy to have, just to have him. And he's played fine this year, but like, yeah, I feel like the money you're throwing at him, you're never gonna make it back. I don't know if it's play. Yeah. Like, you're not gonna. It's ne- He's never gonna do enough to compensate for what he's getting compensated. Yep. Um. Yeah. Anyway, the next the next guy was a guy that I saw pitch a little bit in the uh, All Star game. Yep. Jacob Mizorowski. Uh, He's yeah. ranked 62nd on the list, but damn, does that guy walk a lot of players? I think he had some crazy ratios. I think he had like a 15 um, K per nine situation. Yeah. Let's see. Three teams in the minors this year. Yeah, in, in high A, 23 innings pitched, 14 walks. 28 Ks and double A 21 innings pitched 16 walks and 36 strikeouts. So damn, he, no one's touching the ball. That's for sure. Yep. But yeah, I mean, the guy is obviously a flamethrower. Um, I think he's really tall too. I think he's like six foot five or six or something like that, but six foot seven. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, when, when I see strikeout numbers and walk numbers like that in tandem, my mind goes to, and this is a, a really deep cut who no one's probably ever heard of, but, but a guy by the name of Steve Dolkowski, who never sniffed the majors, but I'm pretty sure he was roughly the inspiration for Nuclelouge and Bull Durham. Like, this is a guy who pitched in, like, the 50s and 60s when, like, pitch counts, like, weren't even, like, fit a thing. And he would, like, routinely have, like, no hitters with, like, 15 strikeouts, like 12 walks. He'd allow like five runs, but he'd still pitch no hitter. Like that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I think he shared, shared that with me one time, like that guy's um, card or something. I have, because, no, it's not like a, no, it was like a, probably like a Reddit post of like random feats he had because he was just an absolute statistical marvel for what he did in the minors and like, like okay, yeah, let's just roll with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy. That's fucking impressive is what it is. Yeah, so it's hopefully Mizorowski can actually make the majors and, and whatnot, but yeah. He's he's that definitely the, he could probably be a um Josh Major type situation. Yeah. You know Hader was a um starter to be in the two. And they're like, ah, you keep your control of shit. It's just though you're the bullpen and then he got it together. Yeah, I mean that kind of the kind of stuff that Mizorowski has definitely plays up in the bullpen, especially when you can kinda you know, really hit the gas for like one inning as opposed to trying to pace yourself. Right, right. Um, so that is it for Keith's class. I thought that was a pretty good mix. I gave the first one, Robbie Snelling, an A minus, and the Mizorowski one, a B plus. Um, again, not a huge pitcher guy, but I still think those are some solid picks that laid the draft. Next up, we have Mike, who had a whole two picks. His first being the ninth pick in the first round. And he took Matt Shaw, who has been playing extremely well in the minors. And I think this was a 
really good spot for him to be taken. I gave him an A on that grade. He's ranked 16th on the prospect list. Um, saw that guy whenever he was uh, being interviewed for the, uh, what's it called? Whenever they took him, they like had people at his house or whatever. And, yeah, he seemed to be really well put together. His highlight reel was great. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's 21 in double A already. So proximity, great. Um, his production is pretty good. So um, I think he'll be like, you know, kind of like a step above a Nico Horner kind of situation. Um, might give you a little bit more power, but um, if he can do everything else the same, then that's worth it. You know, so. If he could even throw a little bit, you might even might even think about replacing Dansby there too. Oh shit! Damn, shots fired. Yeah, yeah he plays shortstop, second, and third base per baseball reference. So I mean, he can go anywhere really. I think um, Chicago likes players like that. Like that's kind of what they've been going for lately. Yeah, I mean they have, and they have Morrell as well. Um, I guess Bellinger technically can play corner, first and center. He's probably been in a corner yeah. too if you want, but I mean he's going to be a free agent anyway. Uh, yeah, the Chicago definitely has some positional flexibility guys there, and then you have Patrick Wisdom who has no flexibility. Yeah, yeah. He's got bench and third base ability. Yeah. His next pick was Thomas Segezi, who's been in the minors for a while, hanging around like late 200s, but he really started turning around this year. He got traded at the deadline, I believe. Looks like the Montgomery um, deal to me, if I see, because he was, wasn't he in yeah. Texas? Yeah, that's right. It was a Montgomery deal. Um, he was doing extremely well in uh, the, um, Texas in the minor leagues, but that was in Frisco, and man, damn it, have I been tricked by people that have played there so many times. They'll okay. have these great stats. Okay. Um, and slight, go up one league. Yeah, slight rant. Like, one of the things I dislike about fantasy baseball is making me think about, okay, but what elevation is this double-A guy playing at? Right, right. Yeah. Like, I, I know more about geography of, like, the southwest of the U.S. from playing fantasy baseball than I do from, like, any geography class I had in school. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. It's like... It's like, oh, God, this guy's playing for the, uh, um, I don't know, the, the Diamondbacks uh, AAA team. We can't really count those as fucking real. we got to cut the home runs down by 30% at least, you know. So. Yeah. It's not fun trying to pitch there. But, yeah, he went over to the Cardinals and kept going. So, man, he's done pretty well. I think his average, yeah, his average and his slugging percentage got higher. Um so I think he's pretty safe. You know, he's a double A, probably can make the jump to triple A already if he really wanted to. But um, he's uh, kind of kind of done enough to be in the top 100, and he's ranked 68th on the prospect list. Yeah. Uh, and that wraps up Mike's draft class. All right, we move on now to another uh, twofer, the third one in a row. Uh, with Nathan, starting off with a uh, a very Nathan pick and a pick that I actually liked. Yeah, this is one of the uh, three picks that I gave an A+. Um, he picked Ethan Salas, 
with the sixth pick in the first round, I thought he was probably, I don't know, you could argue Cruz and um, Skins were better, but God, it's this guy isn't lighting the world on fire. Um, he's a catcher. He's, what is he? Is he in high A or is he in double A? I think he's in double A now. Which is fucking insane. He's not even 18 yet, um, right? Or did he just turn 18? Yeah. Uh, let's see. He is 17 in 116 days. Jesus. His birthday's in June. Oh, yeah. So to me, this pick was very getting cocky. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, Barry should have taken um, Salas, but he has um, Alvarez and Will Smith. So he's like, fuck it. I don't need this guy. But yeah, that, one time, <laughs> the one time Barry doesn't take the guy that is the most obvious young guy to take, he, he passes on it. Just yeah. make a different one. Yep. Yeah, he is in double A. He's. He's batting 179 double A, but that's what I, games I, I don't I don't even care if he was striking out hundred percent of the time. The fact that he's that young in double A is impressive to me. He is seven point three years younger than everyone in double A, or the average age of double A. <laughs> that is insane. You don't see that ever. <laughs> you don't see that. No, like especially since he's a catcher. Like, yeah, yeah, like, that's the other factor. Like, if he, even if he was like an outfielder, you'd be like, "Oh, that's really young." Yeah, but catcher, that's just it. it very incredibly. Are there impressive. any questions about his age? I uh, not that I know of. Because he's six foot two, one hundred and eighty-five pounds. I mean, have you watched a little league World Series at all in the last few years? You see kids like this. I mean, yeah. Also says he's born, he was born in Florida, which I'm shocked about that. But um, yeah, I mean this guy off the charts good, really great hitting wise. I mean he's had a good on base percentage or decent enough on base percentage each top of the way. I mean I guess in high A he only had two forty three on base percentage, but he was only there for nine games too. So yeah. I don't know what they're doing in. San Diego, but this guy looks the part in every clip I've seen. So and, I don't know if they're not going to call him up this year, honestly. <laughs> I mean, if you're being honest, that's probably like the weakest position on their team, is it not, catcher? I mean, they have a great catcher, Ron. They've got Gary Sanchez. Okay. I, I, I was half wondering if you were going to say that or if I had like forgotten if they had like made like a, an under the radar trade acquisition <laughs> at the deadline. But yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the guy's great. I, I think this is a great pick. I think he's, um, he's worthy of a first-round pick, no doubt. And I think he should have probably went a little higher, but, you know, you're getting kind of picky there. But my personal preference, I probably would have taken him second or third at the very latest. And I'm thinking, like, generational talent here. I'm, like, not thinking he's going to be okay. I'm thinking he's going to be an all-timer. So... High praise from Ping. And then uh, in what is probably the most drastic 
difference of approach and drafting we've seen from any team. Uh, we go to Enrique Bradfield, <laughs> yeah. who could not be any yeah. more unlike Ethan Salas if he tried. Yeah, probably not. Um, in in terms of in terms of where they are in their career, not in terms of like skill set, but we're going from like yeah, a double yeah, A du- catcher at seventeen to a I, I believe a college senior. Yeah, either a junior or senior. Yeah, I mean this guy is fast. This yeah. is what you're drafting oh. here, right? Like he's the stolen bases. Very, um, very fast. I gave this great this draft pick a C plus. Um, a little bit above average pick, you know, like he's good. He's got a obvious um, calling card there with the steals. But one, you got Cedric Mullins in center. Um, two, you know, is he going to hit enough power to really be someone that you want on your team, even if he does get a lot of steals? Now with the way that steals are, you know, kind of a everyone's getting 20 situation. Um, so... That was kind of my thought on this. I, you know, and again, I thought there was a lot of better players overall that were available. So yeah, that profile um, to me screams future Scunthorpe. You're not wrong. Yeah, you know, but how many Estuary uh, Ruizes can you have on your team? Ron? Well, apparently he tried again with the other. Uh, who's who's the guy that uh, Spencer wanted to draft? But you had to say he was already on Barry's team. Because that's another, uh, like, estuary type. Oh. Um, the name's not important, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You can have at least two. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that wraps up Nathan's drafts. Good job, Nathan. You picked a really good pick. Yep. Salas. We will probably be in the majors by the time... We talk about this next year. Um, and we move on to Paulo, who had a re- probably the most interesting draft. Um, and he had the first pick. On the first pick, he picked Paul Skeens, pitcher for the Pirates, who really the best pitcher available in this draft. Yeah, and very good. <laughs> with, with pitching um, being, you know, Something that everybody wants and everybody needs. Um, I thought this was a really good pick. I'm giving A. Um, but where I don't know. I mean, taking Dylan Cruz, you you would think that you get an A plus, but you know, with what he gave up to get that pick, and with what he didn't take as well, I just gave it an A. That's fair. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Dylan Cruz could very well be really good. I just have some ceiling concerns, but at the same time, uh, you know, he still could be an all-star. Yeah. We go from a guy with ceiling concerns to a guy with floor concerns. Yeah. Yeah. This guy, or I don't even know if if, uh, the floor is the right spot for this guy. I don't know if he'll ever even make it to have a floor. I don't know who Luis Morales really is. So, with the 12th pick in the first round, maybe he liked the guy whenever he looked at him. Or maybe, you know, that little bubble, the, the bubble girl on all of a sudden, maybe he sent a bunch of, bunch of pictures to her, and she thought he was the cutest, so she told him to pick him. I mean, hey, maybe. 
the only thing I know about him is I believe he was the highest rated pitcher in this most recent J2 class. Okay. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, it's hey, I'll give Paulo credit. He's evolving. He's not looking at only the Major League Baseball draft for his research. Yeah, that's that's very fair. Um, yeah, I can just pick it D. This was the only one that I contemplated going lower than a D. But I couldn't bring myself to go lower than that just because um, he still is a minor leader and he's still young. So, yeah. Tough. Don't really have too much to say about that one. The next pick he had was Brett Louder. He's got a really cool name, first off. Yep. But um, he's a pitcher and he's in Cincinnati. Yeah. And this is the first pick in the second round. So for me, a little high. A little high. He's ranked 128th on the prospect list. So is he going to be okay? Maybe. But like, again, you still got to take it with a grain of salt when you're going to Cincinnati. I'm just, Colorado and Cincinnati pitchers are on my radar. I'll just see my leaders. Yeah. Um, next pick was Noble Meyer, who also has an awesome name. Um, picked him with the third pick in the second round, and he was probably the highest uh, non-college pitcher in the drafts that I know of. I can't think of any other ones off the top of my head. Um, but he went to Miami. I gave his pick a C. I just thought this was early for going high school pitchers. He's ranked out first in the on the prospect list, but. Um, he hasn't all the world on fire, but um, he's okay. And he could develop. And Miami's a good team that is sure that they can develop it for too. So it's not the worst pick. And that wraps up uh, all the draft class. Yeah. And uh, isn't, so you might know this, is, is Meyer not, uh, uh, Max's brother, or no? Let's see. I, I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Doesn't um, baseball reference usually have who they're related to? Uh, I don't know if they would do that for minor leaguers or not. See, he was from Oregon, so let me see Max's. Max is from Minnesota. So probably not. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. Yeah. But again, that's Paulo's draft class. Took two top-end players in the, with the first two picks and then took uh, some questionable ones. So there you go. That is a man who knew what he wanted to do, uh, and he, he did it. He needed pitching. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't trade the uh, – is on first two picks. But yeah, it is what it is. Yep. We get to uh to you. You had uh, the most, I believe, of anybody. Yeah, I think me and Barry were tied. But well, it actually looks like Barry me. might have had one more. Okay. Yeah. Or no, you guys are tied. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, so I I didn't really love my draft class. I only gave myself one A. But um, 
I went by what I felt like I needed more than what uh, prospect rank was and stuff like that. So, um, with that being said, I don't think I don't think I took necessarily best available at most points in my draft. So, um, I'm gonna start with this. Uh, the first pick I had was the seventh pick second round Tyler Black who's kind of shown up the rankings um the prospect list had 33 which in my opinion is a little higher than I would put him but his hit tool is really um it's been progressing um and he's gotten a little bit more pop which is one of the concerns with him I think they always saw him as like a 10 home run guy now people are saying it could be 15 to 20 which is you know, obviously serviceable, but he's a good, a good stolen base threat, and he plays the infield. So I think there's a spot for him in third in Milwaukee. So um, that's kind of why I took him here. I just need with uh, Manny Machado, just kind of picking around and getting surgery on his elbow. I figured I might need someone to play there. Um, yeah, I gave myself a B minus on this one. Um, I think there was other players that I probably should have taken here, but. Um, with that need, I just wanted to uh, take someone I felt like was safe. Well, luckily for you, you did have the next two picks anyways, so. That's fair. Um, I did trade for this pick, though. Oh. The one that I, that I took. Took him with. Um, anyway, Samuel Bosalo, um, a catcher slash first baseman for Baltimore. I love that aspect about him, that he's got the first baseman, catcher, um, qualifications that he can play both of those positions. I think that'll go a long way for him and having someone who can be the, be the guy who catches whenever Adley's off or DHing or, you know, play first base when Ryan Mountcastle goes down again and just DHing kind of a, a rotation there. I think that'd be great. This guy's a, a monster. He's ranked 51st on the, um, on the prospect list, but I think, in my opinion, you could flip flop him in powder black, thirty three and fifty one, and it would be, you'd be better off. I gave myself an A for this pick. Um, yeah, I just really like the guy. The next guy I took was Justin Henry of Malloy. Um, he's plays for Detroit. I think he was traded either last off season or last trade deadline or. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you recall that one, Ron? What? Justin Henry Malloy when he was traded? No. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but uh, he used to play for Atlanta. He's, he's, uh, oh, looks he's like it really looks like it was last winter, uh, the Joe Jimenez deal. Which is not age well for Atlanta, if I uh, <laughs> am to be believed. Yeah. Yeah, they immediately did something else afterwards. But yeah, um, he's, you know, I don't think he's anything special. I think he's a like, decent floor guy, but um, walks a lot, gets on base pretty well. I think, it, yeah, it's on base percentage in Triple A is over 400. So, yeah, I mean, I think um, he's a 
And again, the Detroit guy, he can play third. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be an all-star, but uh, but if he plays in the major leagues, he could be somebody there that plays for a while. Um, so, Ian Bichard, he's ranked eighth on the prospect uh, list. I give myself a C-plus for this one. My next pick was Bryce Eldridge, who I admittedly was um, kind of trying to snipe there. Um, he, but he's also a guy from over here in Virginia. He's from Northern Virginia, but he's a two-way player as well. I don't know if you knew that about him. I think he's probably going to end up just hitting, but at the same time, he could do both. Um, he's six foot seven, a monster, and uh, yeah, he could, you know, be a power hitter, and I'd be fine with just that. Um, that was the fifth pick in the fourth round. I gave myself a B minus for that one. He was the hundredth overall ranked player. The next one we have was Victor Scott the second for the Cardinals. I gave myself a C for this one. I don't think this guy's going to do contribute much other than steals, but he hasn't stolen a lot of bases. I think he might lead the league all of the minors in stolen bases. Um, let me look and see if that's even close to true. So you're going Billy Hamilton there? Hopefully he's better than Billy Hamilton's. Uh, but yeah, he is... He has 94 stolen bases this year. <laughs> in the, in the so, and the minors play fewer games than the majors, too. So, Yeah, he's at 132 games, and he's got 94 stolen bases. Um, yeah, that's fucking impressive. Uh, that would probably average out at the major league level would be, what, like four to five per matchup period for fantasy, if he could keep that pace up? Right. Right, somewhere in those lines, yeah. And he's hitting over 300, um, slugging over 400, which if, you, if you're if you a guy with that much, that many stolen bases, that's all you really need. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's got nine home runs on the year, but, again, you know, what he provides on the base path is what you're really signing up for. So if he does that, he hits 300 with around 10 home runs and 100 stolen bases. <laughs> Hey, I'll be all right with that. Yeah, I would be too. Um, yeah, that was the uh, 11th pick in the fourth round. I gave myself a C for that one. Uh, next pick I had was the beginning of my uh, litany of picks. I picked with the fourth pick in the fifth round, Robert Gasser, who is a starter for the Milwaukee Brewers. I believe he is still in. AAA. I don't know if he's been called up yet, but yes, he is in AAA. Yeah, under four, ERA AAA. He's a little older, but I felt like he was close enough to the majors that he was a shot at this point. You know, whether you take him at the fourth pick in the fifth round, or you take him at the eighth pick, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I think 
he could be a starter next year, and that's kind of what I was going for. It's a needs type situation. I give myself a B plus because if you get a starter in major leagues in the fifth round for next year, I think that's what you really can really hope for if if he sticks. Yeah, he was on my um, list. I don't know if he was a priority name on my list, but he was on my list. Next pick was Joendry Vargas, who's a Dodger. Okay, now before you go any further, are these next two are they brothers with how their last names or how their their first names end and have the same last name? No, Vargas is basically like Smith in other countries. Okay, I guess I'd assume with like the D R Y ending. I know that some some families tend to have very similar first names. I just wasn't sure. I mean, together, yeah, they're like the same age. So, okay, carry on with your analysis. <laughs> yeah, Joe Injury Vargas. He's six foot four, one hundred seventy five pounds, seventeen years old, almost eighteen. Yeah, he's been killing it. Like, um, he's slugging over five hundred. He has just as many walks as strikeouts. Got thirty walks and. 31 strikeouts in 48 games. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> so, and he's also got seven home runs with 19 stolen bases. So he's, he's doing pretty good. Um, almost a thousand OBS. This guy, I had a specific filter for my late round guys. It was like, like slugging over 450 on base over 400 and average over 300. And, uh, just pick the next one and the one after that are all that mold. Estri Vargas, who I was just referring to, or you were trying to figure out if he's related to Joendry. He's uh, five foot eleven. Actually, he's almost exactly a year older than the other guy, than the other Vargas. So maybe, just maybe, they're brothers. Um, but yeah, he's you know in over three hundred. 569 slugging. He's doing really well. He's got 11 home runs, 17 stolen bases. It's, you know, these are, these are dart throws. Um, I gave myself a C plus on this one. He's not nearly as highly ranked as the other Vargas. The other Vargas is 98th. This one's 206th. Um, my next pick was Josu Brasino. Um, We'll go with that. Sure. And he is a catcher slash first baseman for the Tigers. That's kind of my biggest concern there, but he's another one of those 300 average, 500 slugging guys that I went with. Um, he's 18 in rookie league, so it's just another guard throw. Um, but he's a catcher and first baseman, so if he gets either one of those position eligibilities, I'll be good with it. Yeah, and Detroit um, kind of does have those two positions kind of spoken for in a way. Torkelson, obviously, and then catcher. They do have Dingler at some point. I don't know how he's developed. But at the major league level already, I do actually kind of like Jake Rogers from a real-life standpoint, maybe more as like a catcher two than a catcher one. But we'll see if uh, Briseño can, can do anything. Yeah, and also, you know, he is also 18 years old. So yeah. a, lot, a lot of shit can happen in three years, so we'll see. 
but I did give myself a D for this pick because I'm mostly going to dart, really. Um, and, you know, going to dart for someone in the Detroit's organization this, that's that young is really a fucking wild card. So, um, yeah, it's uh, maybe somebody I'll trade to Barry by next week. Who knows? Um, my next pick was Nathan Martorella. I think he's the Italian dinner. You know how they have Benny, who, who's uh, the Italian breakfast, and who is it? Uh, the first baseman that got traded from Tampa to the Guardians, Kyle Manzardo. He's yep. the Italian. This guy's the Italian dinner. Oh, all right. So um, he is not as good as the other portions. Or the other other meals, but he was worthy of a late round pick, in my opinion. He's a first baseman, an outfielder, but hopefully first baseman sixth. Um, he's not doing great from Double A at 22 years old, but um, in High A, where he played 100 OPS, he had over 800 OPS. He's one of those um, those high walk guys. So I'm, I'm just kind of taking a shot here. Uh, first baseman's always a position need for me. He ranked 86 on the prospect list, so I gave myself a B minus for this one. Um, that was the eighth pick in the fifth round. That was the last of the five that I had in row, and I had the fourth pick, and I took Tyner Del Guido. Just had um, to get a Yankee in there, I see. Yeah, I mean, I did that last year with this pick. Yeah, that's eight all right, actually. <laughs> Yeah, he's actually, like, he actually broke his wrist or something in my pitch situation. And um, talking about uh, Roderick Arias, but um, before that, he was doing really well. Started paying attention to him after he hit a bomb off Alec uh, Manoa. But, yeah, he's doing good. Um, Tyner Delgado, he's five foot seven, uh, second baseman shortstop guy. He's 19, but he's ranked 112th on the prospect list. He's in rookie ball. He's doing pretty well. I mean, he's got eight home runs in 49 games. So 36 stolen bases. I just, yeah, kind of had to get a Yankee. So, uh, and worst comes to worst, I'll trade for Give myself a D plus for this pick. And the very next pick, the last pick of the entire draft, I took Jared Jones, a pitcher for Pirates. Um, I think he's starting pitcher material, kind of open. He doesn't necessarily take the same exact path as Mitch Keller, but I'm kind of hoping he has the same journey where he uh, works his way to starting rotation as well. Let's just hope that happens without like the three-year stretch of being bad at the major league level. You can skip the yeah. to him being mostly good at the major league level. Yeah, well, he's honestly like doing the exact same thing that Keller did. He uh, he had like a two ERA in Double A this year, and, and for a ten game stretch, and then he's in Triple A, like barely keeping under a five ERA. So, um, yeah, I'm having a few. I'm getting a little bit more concerned that it's going to be the same exact path, but um, if if he even comes to the point where he's good. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think 
I think uh, it was worth a shot with the last pick. And I gave myself a B plus for this one. He's ranked 115th on the imaginary brick wall list. So, yeah, pretty good haul. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it did well for not having a first round pick. For sure. All right, and after you, we get to, not to be biased here, but the best part of this talk, my team. Oh, okay. Let's do the walleye. Let's uh, keep this short because this is three picks. You have Drew Gilbert, who you took with the fourth pick in the third round. I really like this pick. They they have him ranked 97th. He was traded at the deadline. Which team did he come from? Houston. That was the Verlander deal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Houston's really good at development. It's kind of funny. How many Houston guys have we listed so far? We haven't listed many, have we? I, I don't think so. I mean, this guy is obviously a Met now, but like you said, it was mostly Houston. Houston did all the work. Right. Yeah. Um, I think this guy's like kind of like a hot war situation. Um, yeah. I wasn't it, like, yeah, go for it. Don't know what his uh, what his walk rate or anything, but I remember thinking he was a safe pick. Yeah, I just kept seeing yeah. him ranked so highly at like most places I could find. I'm like, even though they're mostly real life lists, I'm like, this just feels like he shouldn't be available at this point in the draft. I'm like, I guess I'll just take him. Yeah, I gave this pick an A. I mean, it was you know at this point in the draft, midway through. And get the top one under guy. You can't really ask for a whole lot more. He's an outfielder. Um, the only thing I would knock onto this guy is he's flat foot time. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's five foot nine, almost two hundred pounds. But um, well, uh, yeah. if you want small sample sizes here, since being traded to the Mets, a WRC plus of one sixty seven, slashing three twenty five, four twenty three, five sixty one. Um, so, hey, not too bad. Yeah, but you don't know what elevation binging, binging time is. So, uh, if it's close to the Mets, if it's close to New York and Queens, I assume the elevation is probably I'm pretty just, I'm just with you, Yeah, yeah I know. With you. Yeah, that's that's a good <laughs> sample size for whatever ballpark. Yeah, I mean a good stat line for whatever ballpark. It's only thirty-five games. He had sixty at the same level with Houston, where he was a ninety-one WRC plus. So. Uh, if you average that out, that's probably slightly above average production. But hey, it's still yeah, only double A. Yeah, and A ball this year too, so his A ball was pretty good. Yeah, that was only twenty-one games, but that was a one ninety-four WRC plus. It's pretty good. Yeah. Plus, the other thing I like about him too is he's a bit of a prick. Let's shall we say uh, he's the type of guy to try to get all fiery on the field. I believe he cussed out an umpire when he was at Tennessee and got suspended for a College World Series game. So. Not not turned off by that, shall we say? Speaking of turned off, the next pick was Yohandi Morales. Yeah. Um, that was the fourth pick in the fourth round. Um, I gave this pick a C plus. I think you're really high on this guy. I'm not really high on this guy. <laughs> um, he ranked three forty four on the uh, prospect list. How would you speak to him, more since uh, you want to take your horn on this guy anyway? So I'm not necessarily like overly high on him, but like this is kind of more like an upside pick for me, just because of his the size and power potential he could have for a guy who 
I believe he is a third baseman, if I remember correctly. It's been a, a couple of days since I looked at it. Yeah, it looks like he's a third baseman. Um, and it, it sounds like he can probably stay there, but he's 6'4", 225. Uh, Pipeline has him at a 60 power grade with a 50 hit tool. So this is kind of more just, you know, hey, if uh, things pan out here, this could end up being, you know, a, uh, a halfway decent uh, dart throw for me. I know he was, I think he was a, a a comp pick in the first round, or maybe he was an early second rounder. I think he went like late 30s, early 40s, but I don't know when yeah. the official second yeah, round starts. In between 30 and 40. Yeah, so just, you know, as I said, kind of like a dart throw, there's physical tools. Washington doesn't exactly have a ton of guys who are going to... Yeah, I mean, it's not, a, it's not a terrible thing. I didn't give you a D or anything. Yeah. Um, I just didn't love it. I mean, that late in the draft, it's really hard to go wrong with someone who has the, the, the tools that guy does. So, um, the one thing I was concerned about is, like, they say he has a lot of power, but he has, like, zero home runs. So. Yeah, I didn't really look too much into his fan grads page and look at his stats. I was kind of more just looking at prospects. <laughs> Like I said, um, I like I kind of alluded to. I didn't really have a, a, a huge plan here, not having a ton of high-end draft capital. Right. Yeah, dark throws a dark throw. You know, like this one is. You don't lose any sleep if he doesn't pan out, but you'll be. We won't ever hear the fucking end of it if if he is good. So. I mean, I don't I don't plan on on him being one of those quote unquote guys for me, but you know, you never know. Yeah. And and by that, I like your next pick a lot more. John Cruz, an outfielder for the Yankees. He's six foot three, really young. I think he's still not even eighteen. Made it just turned eighteen. Um, he's a top one hundred guy on the prospect list. He's eighty second. I gave this pick an A. I mean, the one thing that the Yankees have done at least okay at is getting the uh, J two talent. Yep. Even if they don't keep them. <laughs> um, so yeah, this guy—I think he's got what ten home. Yeah, he's got ten home runs in forty-eight games in the rookie league, and got an almost three hundred with over five hundred slugging percentage. So, um, yeah, he could be—he could be an outfielder for the Yankees um, if they start their real rebuild soon. Yeah, this is one of those who I don't have the Patreon subscription, but this was one hundred percent an imaginary brick wall pick. Because I believe there is like weekly free content, kind of like a like a, a wrap up of yeah. highlighting like ten guys every week or so, and like usually yeah, every post- Monday there is a there is a write up that he releases for free. Yep, and I saw one of those get posted to Reddit, and I saw the name like probably about two months ago now or so, and he basically just kind of talked about you know uh-huh. like the hitting stuff and how that's a guy he's would be actively targeting in pretty much any format. Like, huh, okay, I'll keep that name in mind. And we got to a point in the draft where I didn't really have any names I felt like. You know, oh, I have to have this guy. I'm like, eh, why not? He's a Yankee. He'll give me something to kind of root for and uh, future Bo Bichette trade ship. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a good dart throw that late in the draft, and he's not really even that much of a dart throw because he's not 100 prospects. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of like, is he even at low A yet or is he still in the complex league? He's in rookie league, yeah. Yeah, so like, at, at Anything like below like high A to me would still qualify as like a, a dart throw more or less, unless it's like a, yeah. a unless it's like a, a high end signing bonus J two guy or like a very recently drafted first rounder. I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, and 
again, you're right, it's still a dart throw, but like when you get a guy who's walking at least 50% of their strikeout rates that low, I feel a little bit safer. I mean, I'm not saying they're a sure thing, but like at least they're not striking out, you know, two times per game. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that wraps up your draft class. Good job, Rob. Yeah, I, I was more happy to end up with like uh, Michael Bush, to be honest with you. That kind of made me only end up having three picks worth it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got Tyler Soderstrom as well, right? Yep. Higher on Bush than I am on but I mean, if I if I had to take Soderstrom to get Bush, I mean, sure, why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, at that point in the drafts, what was it like the first two picks in the fifth round? You er, were no, getting a guy, no, getting I, a major league shot. I moved those to Spencer to get the the Gilbert pick. Um, oh, I I think I traded. Two thirds, like two mid thirds. I think the the picks that Barry used on two of Celestin, Jorge, or Lara, two of those were mine. Okay, yeah, gotcha. All right, moving on to Spom. Spom had a really good draft class um, at the top. He had five picks, or they had five picks. With the eighth pick, they took Walker Jenkins, who, in my opinion, was probably the best high school player in the draft. Um, yeah, I, I was pretty high on him. They um, went way over slot to sign him. I think he was committed somewhere like Vandy or something. Um, and he was convinced he was going to go, but they took him the eighth pick and went away over slot for him and he signed so good for them. He was the 13th overall player on the prospect list. I give this grade an A. Um, yeah, I think I think he'll really pan out. Um, the next pick was Max Clark, and before the draft, I was probably higher on him than Jenkins, but I think most places had him ranked higher because of the assignability of Walker Jenkins. That's fair. Um, and then also Max going to the Tigers. <laughs> That was with the 10th pick of the first round they took. They have him like 20 second overall. I think Max Clark, if he reaches his full potential, would be a really good all around player. Never, not a great one. Like, you know, mid 20s homers, maybe 20 stolen bases with a okay average. But in fantasy, that's amazing. So, um, very worthy of a first round pick still. And with the next pick in the draft, was the final A plus that I gave. I gave that to Xavier Isaac. I thought he was probably the best first baseman um, left on the board at that time. Then I thought he could have gone in the first round. Um, Benjamin Brick Wall has him ranked 38th, but I'm probably higher on him than they are. I'd probably put him mid 20s to 20 somewhere in there um yeah i really like this pick i think he is the reason why they traded cal manzardo in uh, tampa because they think he is going to be their first baseman of the future yeah did man didn't manzardo also kind of like maybe not have the i don't know how he finished but wasn't he not kind of starting a little slower this year 
Yeah, he did start the season a little hurt also, and his average was a lot lower than it was the year before. His power wasn't ever his calling card, but his power was like non-existent to begin the season. And, but I think within the past month, he had like a a nine-game stretch where he had six home runs. So everyone's like, oh, shit, Manzardo's good again. But, uh, yeah, I think Xavier Isaac is still better. I just think he's going to be a great first baseman. He's all around good. He's got power and he's got a good average. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's Tampa. So if they're making moves to get people out of your way, that's a good sign. And that was with the fourth pick in the second round. So, um, the next pick was Colt Emerson, which was the 10th pick in the second round. I gave that one a B. Um, I'm not really too high on him, but he's, uh, apparently a lot of other people are, um, they ranked him uh, 46 overall on the prospect list. He's a, I think it was position he plays, but he's plays for Seattle. I'm sure this was a homework pick. He was the highest available uh, uh, Mariner left. So, his mom could, yeah, he's shortstop and second baseman. So, he's 18 from Ohio. So, I'm sure you were really high on him. Uh, yeah, he's, he's an A-ball. Hitting over 300, so not too bad. In 16 games, he has one home run. So I don't know if there's any concerns about his power, but um, not a guy that I was particularly high on. Uh-oh. And the last pick they had was Wade Beckler, who was the second player in this draft, the last player, who was not on depth. Brick wall rankings list, who I guess has already had some major playing time. I think he's one of those guys who did the meteoric rise, like probably in high A, double A, triple A, was just getting really well. So they just threw him in San Francisco because they can't they can't sign players who can win. So um, yeah, uh, I can't find any for whatever reason. Fangraphs only wants to show me his fielding stats. Like I know he's actually had like pretty good minor league numbers at this point. I know he was a homer pick from Tom, but this was yeah. a player who, at least in the minors, has hit well. He's He has very little... Uh, looks like he only has, like, 22 games in the minor. I don't know. I it, it's... Fan, so should show minor leagues this year, he, was, he played 83 games between... IA, AA, AAA, the batting average was 371 with a 456 on base percentage and 510 slugging. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that's what I was trying to look up. And yeah, he had 49 walks and 58 strikeouts in 83 games. So he obviously did something good right this year. I mean, the year before that, he was in rookie in eight ball and he's batted 367 with a 500 on base percentage and a 544 slugging. So it's not like it was just one year. It was the two years. I mean, he's he's not a young guy. He's 22. Well, he was 22 when he got drafted. He's 23 this year. So um, when, where did he go to school? Oregon State. So maybe him and Adley were boys. Maybe. That could, uh, could be a thing. You know, Nathan won't like to hear that. Not a big Oregon State fan. Yeah, and I mean, maybe it hasn't just translated to the majors. Maybe he's just not getting regular playing time and it's what's missing. But um, 
I don't know enough to <laughs> shit on this pick or think it's a really good one. So I'm just gonna leave it alone. I'll say this: the guy with a really cool mustache. Um, but yeah, he's. It's not a terrible last round pick, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I can at least see the logic in the minor league stats. So. Yeah. And that wraps up the 2023 DSAC MLP draft. Yeah. Uh, definitely a bit of a fun draft. Like I said, I didn't really pay as much attention as I probably should have with the, the amount of picks I had. But, you know, hearing you talk about these guys, it definitely feels like a pretty strong class. And for the most part, I do think that the um, research and preparation that went into this league-wide is probably a, a bit level higher than it had been in, over the last couple drafts maybe. But yeah, Fun. I would I would have to agree. I mean, I feel like every pick was a, there wasn't many head scratchers last year. There was a lot. Um, it's one of the reasons why I loaded up on fifth rounders. Um, to be honest with you, this yeah. year I was not as uh, enthusiastic about my late round picks. I mean, there was I don't think any Junior uh, Camarderos in the fifth rounder this year that I'll be able to get. Yeah, no, uh, no Evan Carter's and I think the third round or anything like that. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? That could still be wrong. But, yeah. Anything else you want to touch on tonight? I, I don't think we're going to let you have anything in particular. How about your uh, fantasy team? I mean, your your football team. Like the, the Colts or the, the walleye? Walleye. Yeah, uh, not not the greatest of Monday nights. I've been kind of flipping back and forth between that tab and the uh, the spreadsheet you so kindly sent me to go over and have notes with you on that. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, always gonna be a, a, a tough tough night going up against the guy scoring over 170. But overall, I feel rel- yeah. I feel relatively good about how we've done so, so far. I mean, obviously the, the quarterback position this week, a uh, bit of a struggle, but for not having Jonathan Taylor, I'll take two and one with that loss coming against one of the teams I thought was a, a clear top three team in the league. Yeah. I mean, you, you doing a lot better than a team this year. That's for sure. I mean, honestly, with, with how baseball went, uh, football for me is just just get into the playoffs. Winning it would be nice. I don't have that delusion seeing Chris, Alex, or Sean's team, and the fact that I can't really add anything else without marching the the first rounder that I've said many times that I won't move and I won't move it. So yeah, this is going to be just make the playoffs. Hey, maybe I win the first round. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, and then just just don't hurt my all sport with football. That's that's the goal here this year. Don't hurt my all score. Hey, I, get, getting a two in baseball is way above what I expected. Alex selling off in baseball is a nice bonus for me. Uh, hockey should be a decent scorer for me, and if I can make the playoffs in basketball again, I could be very much in contention for the all sport. Yeah, definitely. And you guys would not hear the hockey. Hockey, you can chalk up a three, or or in the worst case scenario. Yeah, Josh is gonna have a really good team in hockey this year. So a four is not out of the question for me, depending on how things go. But ideally, at least a three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you get a three and a two, and then you get a six and a six, and you're good to go. 
Yeah, it's not a bad spot to be in. How are we feeling about your team? Are you going to be 3-0? Yeah, very well. Unless um, Jamar Chase gets uh, 60 between 2-2 two, two, at well and Jamar Chase, 60 points are scored, then I will be 3-0. Yeah, you had a pretty strong week. You had Devontae Adams uh, and Kirk Cousins really, really go off for you. Yeah, Devontae really, he's honestly exceeded my expectations with what's transpired in Oakland. So, um, yeah, I'm really thrilled. And Kenny Pickett honestly did pretty good. He got 18 points. Yeah, um, was this not the first time in his career he's thrown two touchdowns in the same game? I think that I sounds that. right. I'm not going to say that for sure, but that sounds right. Yeah, that, that kind of surprised me. I thought he would have at least had it done at least once last year. You know, but he got injured a lot last year. Yeah. I think he had concussions in, like, back-to-back weeks, and they just kept throwing him out there because they are like, fuck it. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't think he threw two touchdowns last year. Yeah, and sticking with the Steelers, how are we feeling about Najee? Because I would be a little nervous at this point because he was already kind of middling last year, and he's – maxed out so far at 6.5 points yeah i mean i'm not obviously not high on Najee, but like he's got some like okay he plays houston next week so see how he does too and um i honestly think it's that they can pack the box really well against kenny pickett and i don't think the line play has been phenomenal so i don't think it's like uh is it Jalen Warren? is it is it Najee kind of situation i think it's we got to get the game plan better. Go from there. Yeah. Honestly, you know, running backs' lives are, you know, short. So if if he um, takes a downturn, that's fine. Um, I don't think I invested too much in him. I think I traded uh, Damian Pierce and somebody else for him. And um, who was it? Quote on Sutton, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But regardless, I didn't feel like the asking price for him was egregious. And I mean, I honestly could call up Devon Achan. Is that what we decided you say? Or is it Achan? I, th- I think it's uh, not A, like Achan or Ashan. It's not okay. It's not Achan or Achan. It's just Sean or Achan. Yeah, I don't. Whatever, just sure. But besides, you also have Brian Robinson, who I actually kind of like. I think from a volume standpoint, he'll be good. James Cook has looked pretty decent so far. Uh, you still have Jarrett McKinnon for the weeks he pops off. Like, you aren't, like, wedded to having Najee in your lineup every week if you don't want to. So that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Having the flexibility I do have um, with, the, with the roster depth on this and, you know, having the ability to have the practice squad full is – has been a great, um, I mean, you know, and when George Kittle and Evelie goes down this year, I still have Friar Muth. I can't follow up this year, too. You know, so um, I'm feeling good about my situation so far, that's for sure. Cool. Well, I think that's probably all we have. It's about 1120 here on the East Coast uh, doing this, and then we're going to record the football stuff tomorrow and drop the pod on Wednesday for you guys. So I sincerely appreciate you spending about two hours with me. Probably a little over. Yeah. Almost yeah, almost two hours uh doing baseball talk. And I'm sure we'll do this again here in like February or March. But uh yeah, man, sounds good.
Well, have a great rest of your night, and I will talk to you later. All right, big, big thanks to Ping for coming on and spending a couple hours with me doing that. So I hope you all appreciate that and enjoy that. I know I enjoyed it being uh, live on the call with him. So before we get into the recaps, though, I want to uh, do a thing. I think I did this last year, too, but I, uh, you know, I talk a lot of shit. I like to, uh, I guess, kind of play the role of, like, the bad guy, but it's kind of, like, natural in terms of how I talk shit. Um, But I do really enjoy being here with all you, so... Uh, again, this is a returning thing, like I said, I believe from last year sometime. Uh, it's a, a Say Something Nice About Everyone segment. So, because I, I can't do something nice off the top of my head without making it about me a little bit, I'm going to do this in descending order uh, for the most wins to the fewest wins that I have over each of you in the regular season. So, Nathan, whom I have 14 wins against in the regular season, uh, your home run gifts, your commitment to fuck the Yankees, your love for football and degeneracy every week and when it comes to betting and odds. Uh, just an overall great member. You all are. Uh, Paolo, whom I have 12 regular season wins against. Your unbridled Giants optimism every year, no matter how foolish it is. Uh, our similar taste in music, your Yankees fandom, your ability to be unintentionally hilarious at the perfect moments. Uh, Tom, whom I also have 12 wins against, uh, for getting me into this league, uh, first and foremost. So for all of you who uh, don't like me, blame Tom uh, for your sense of humor and for the plethora of anime and hair jokes we can make. Barry, whom I have 11 regular season wins against, uh, your powerful excitement and optimism for uh, everything, uh, to be honest, just flat out everything. Uh, By far... One of the more enjoyable people in this league. I mean, like I said, off the top of Nathan's thing, uh, you all are enjoyable. But, like, yeah, Barry is, he's a different breed than you all. Maybe that's the the English in him, but, yeah. And also uh, the podcast. It's fun hearing other people's podcasts. It's uh, it's cool to have a league where we have uh, four podcasts. <laughs> it's, uh, it's wild. Uh, Josh, whom I also have 11 regular season wins against. Uh, your angry baseball nicknames when your players don't do well, fantastic. That's uh, it's a page right out of my book with the uh, the the play on the names. It's it's awesome, and your level headed approach to transactions. I can trust that you are going to make a level headed move, whether it be drafting, for agency, waiver wires. Um, it's very um, opposite of me, who it can be very uh, fandom and emotional uh, when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, Alex, whom I have 10 regular season wins against. Uh, the extracurricular work for the league with the stats, the coding, uh, your smarts, for being in a hockey like I am, for being far and away the best uh, manager in this league. Uh, yeah, uh, the most valuable part of this league. And I, I don't say that lightly. Ping, whom I have 9 regular season wins against. Uh, the baseball prospect work that you all just heard. Uh, always having the right joke at my expense uh, on a, a daily basis, it feels. Uh, and also uh, the fact that I can uh, talk cards with you in DMs. It's wonderful. Uh, Nut, whom I have eight regular season wins against. Uh, the quality in the chat. The quantity isn't always there, but the quality always is. Uh, for keeping Nathan in line, because it's really funny when you just pop in and uh, just shit on him. It's great. Keep doing that. 
Uh, Chris, whom I have seven regular season wins against. Uh, for the whole damn thing, uh, there's a lot of work and annoyance that goes into running this league just so we can all have fun. Uh, yeah, someone's got to bear the brunt of all of that, and uh, you do it, and you, you do it well. I'm thankful that it's you and not me. Keith, whom I have seven regular season wins against also. Uh, the commitment to tinkering with your teams, always trying to find the right mix no matter how many trades it takes. Uh, it's really cool to see people really take the uh, the real trade-heavy approach to, <laughs> to things. Always looking to make a move. Always looking to try to upgrade your team here or there, on the periphery, in the middle. Doesn't matter. Always trying to make a move. Mike, whom I have six wins against. Uh, the Cup of Jobin and your wonderful podcasting voice uh, for joining me on the podcast so often, as I know you absolutely love to do. Your love of trivia in the chat and for uh, being level-headed while also having uh, a lot of good jabs at me. Kevin, for whom I have six regular season wins against. Uh, the love of hockey. Uh, the fact that you just casually interact with Islanders players, it feels like. That's always fun to see. Uh, the random uh, jetting off on... Uh, the bill of your billionaire buddy, or maybe I, I think he said a couple times ago that maybe he uh, had lost a little bit, but hmm. either way, that it's still always fun to kind of see your exploits when those happen. Uh, Sean, whom I have three wins against, uh, for being really good at pretending you aren't a burner account for Chris, and for your humor during basketball season, uh, a very very fun part of the part of the league when it comes to basketball. Spencer whom I also have three regular season wins against, for being such an involved member who cares a lot, the tireless work to turn the Flamengo into a champion in baseball, your podcast, uh, and for accepting hockey with open arms and actually, like, really getting into it. I know you did it last time, and I'm sure you'll do it again. Uh, yeah, I'm very, very glad to have you back. And lastly, Ryan, whom I have zero regular season wins against, for now. Uh, for being so active in the chat despite your only sport not even starting yet. Uh, yeah, it's fun to have uh, when the when the part-timers uh, are in the chat like full-timers. Look forward to seeing you and getting to know you a little bit more that way. And that would say something nice about you all. Okay, I'm just now realizing I forgot to do the football team of the week. So I'm going to put this in ahead of the uh, the football segment. So... We're gonna do this first. Then you guys are hear me talk about the uh, the recaps, the standings, the schedule, all that fun stuff. So let's do this here. Set up my filters to get this right on rosters. All right, all right, all right. Your quarterback for the week, Justin Herbert, twenty nine point three for Nathan. Your running backs, Raheem Mostert for Tom, forty one point seven. Kenneth Walker the third for Alex, twenty nine. Your wide receivers, Keenan Allen for Sean, 36.46. Devontae Adams for Ping, 35.7. Your tight end, Travis Kelsey. Love to see that. 16.4 for the walleye. Your flex options, Tyreek Hill, 26.2. And Justin Jefferson, 24.4. Hill for Sean, Jefferson for Chris. Your super flex being... Chua Tagovailoa, 28.36 points. And your kicker was not Matt Gay, but instead it was Evan McPherson, 
for Tom. 18 points for McPherson. Jason Myers for Chris also had 18. So those two can split kicker of the week like those two split the uprights all Sunday long. All right, and now it is time to do the football recaps. Let's start here at the bottom of my uh, scoreboard, at least per ESPN. We have the Vegas Flying Flamingo, a 143.82 to 103.54 victory over the Queen's Royal Vanguard. Tom takes down Keith. He gets 21.32 from Josh Allen, a whopping 41.7 from Raheem Mostert in the uh, Dolphins' obliteration of the Broncos, 70-20. to and he also got a 20.3 from Brock Purdy. On Keith's end, Deshaun Watson went for 21.16 despite having the most miserable pass attempt of the week last year, or last week. But yeah, just not uh, not enough from Keith overall to match up with Tom, especially when Tom has a running back go for over 40. Sheesh. All right, next matchup up is I Hate Chris taking down the Hillsborough Hops, 113.66 to 77.94. Nathan with uh, Justin Herbert, 29.3 points. And uh, it's, we'll see about it. Connor was all right, but not enough to get a shout-out, even though I guess I just did give him a shout-out. But I'm not going to give his score because he doesn't deserve it. Uh, on uh, Spencer's end, uh, Mike Williams going for 21.6. How about that? Nothing else happened with Mike Williams in that game other than the fact that he scored 21.6. Nope. Absolutely nothing else. Next up, The Magician, 159.86 over... Mike, 71.26. A real ass kicking here, more than doubling up the Valley Jobin. Uh, On Sean's end, uh, and he did that, by the way, with a whopping... He got under 10 points combined from Mark Andrews, Derrick Henry, and Joshua Kelly. But he did get 36.46 from Keenan Allen, 26.2 from Tyreek Hill, and 28.18 from Lamar Jackson. Meanwhile, Mike uh, didn't get that. We got Ping beating Paolo, 142.38 to 93.66. So here with Ping, we got 25.68 from Kirk Cousins, 35.7 from Devontae Adams. Paolo did get 24.26 from Jordan Love and 20.1 from Jamar Chase. But alas, it was not enough to take down the Mudsluts. We got the Fargo Frostbite, 118.54 to 67.94 over the notorious N-U-T. Alex gets 29.1 from Kenneth Walker III. Not, uh, the, the less said, the better. We got Barry Baker. It's always weird seeing people's last names at times. 111.4 over Josh, 49.46. The Connecticut Whale really... Leaning into the uh, the rebuild part this year, uh, as Barry has Tua go for twenty eight point three six, as we all saw in the chat. And finally, the Blue Water Walleye had a you know an all right week, uh, but our opponent, the Damn Dirty Apes, scored one hundred and seventy two point one four easily, the highest scoring team of the week. We put up one hundred twenty four point five, but we fell way. Way short in that regard. Chris had 25.68 from Mahomes, 21.5 from Zach Moss. That stings a little bit. 24.4 from Justin Jefferson. That stings a little more. Uh, and 22.1 from Debo Samuel. We got 21.1 from Amari Cooper and 20.4 from Christian McCaffrey. But like I said, not quite enough to take down the apes. 
Take a look now at these standings. And we've got Sean and Ping, the only undefeated teams left in the league. We got the Apes, the Frostbite, the Walleye, the Snakes, the Queens, whatever it is this week, Nathan and Nut all at two and one. We got Tom at one and two. And we got a handful of uh, winless teams, Paolo, Spencer, Josh, and Mike. Looking at the scoreboard for this week, we have some interesting matchups. We got the Walleye and a Scunthorpe. That's always a uh, a fiery matchup in terms of managerial rivalry. We got the Mudsluts and Nut. We got Paolo and Nathan. We got Sean and Tom. We got Chris and Spencer. We got Keith and Josh. We got Alex and Mike. So that puts the uh, the winless teams up against some. Uh, pretty quality teams as those winless teams try to uh, fall further and further down the standings in a race to the bottom. Uh, This week looks like we will probably see more of that. And we can wrap this up here on trades. I don't know if we have many, if any, trades. I'm sure we do. But I'm just going to go back here and double check on those. I didn't uh, think to put them down in the sheet ahead of time, so I'm going to talk over this and fill time while I scroll to the bottom here. You made a lot of trades in baseball this year. Good Lord. Uh, yeah, I think I touched everything in uh, baseball last episode with the uh, the draft. We got basketball up next. I think there's been at least one or two moves in basketball since I last potted. Trades 2023 here. We got hmm, that trade that was voided. Um. Yes, okay, so I traded the rights to Andrew Wiggins to Ryan for a second. Uh, player wasn't going to be able to resign in free agency. Ryan gets a player for a cost-controlled price that he didn't have to worry about in free agency and gives up a minimal asset. You know, a, a win-win all around, I suppose. Uh, Barry trades a third for $2.5 million in cap space this year to be cap-compliant. Spencer trades $2 million this year for $2 million next year with Keith, And Chris trades Miles Turner to Chris, or uh, I'm sorry, to Ryan. Air quotes, Ryan. Uh, for two firsts and some cap space in uh, the next three seasons. So, yeah, Chris moves off Turner and uh, puts himself in dire need of centers. Uh, we'll see how... That plays off in the long run, coming off of a championship, might I add, and he's already kind of tearing down a little bit. We'll see how that retool works, or if it does. Just going to put that out there, if it does. Next up is hockey, or football, sorry. Uh, I'm not sure if we've had a football trade since the last time I was on here. Uh, I think we did. We got, I don't know if I did Sean sending us a second for a third and seven and a half million cap space, but I might have. If I didn't, we talked about it. Oh, well. Uh, and Isaiah Pacheco uh, going to Tom for a second. Uh, Tom gets his running back. Tom needed to have it happen. Alex has a million running backs. All works out. I like that side. I like that trade for uh, for both sides. And then hockey, like I said, I don't think we have anything for hockey, but we'll do it anyway. Wouldn't hurt. You guys get to listen to me uh, kill time again, my uh, sultry voice. 
and uh, yeah, no, nothing in hockey. So that's all. We got uh, basketball for agency in full swing now. We had the uh, the wonderful Alexei Pokashevsky uh, saga today. And uh, yeah, hockey preseason has started. Uh, basketball preseason is imminent. The days of having only football to hold us over are quickly fading. Can't wait to have three sports in action. It's going to be wonderful. Can't wait to uh, battle you all in uh, hockey and basketball, too. Looking forward to that. And uh, let's wrap this up here. So hope you all enjoyed this. Thank you all for listening, as always. And I will catch you all next time.